When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to DaVinci Cases Inside the Boards edition. I'm Dr. Maxwell Cooper with DaVinci Academy, and I am joined by Swathi Banja from Inside the Boards. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So for this first case here, we will talk about a 56-year-old male currently receiving treatment for lung cancer, presents to the emergency department with worsening shortness of breath. His vitals are within normal limits. His physical exam demonstrates decreased breath sounds over the left lung, and then he gets a chest x-ray, which reveals a known left lower low mass and a new large left pleural fusion. So this is a guy who has probably received previous imaging. They know about this left lower lobe mass, but now he's presenting with this new pleural fusion that we see on this imaging exam. A thoracentesis is done, which is a procedure where they stick a needle in the pleural space and drain some fluid out. And that pleural fluid is sent to the lab for analysis. So after receiving the result, the resident calculates that the pleural fluid protein to serum protein ratio is 0.7. And the question is asking, which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? So now I'll turn it over to Swathi to kind of break this down and then give us the answer. So the option choices that we have are A, transudative pleural effusion, B, exudative pleural effusion, C, chylothorax, and D, hemothorax. So going back to the stem, taking a quick look at what is really prominent in this question. So this is a middle-aged man receiving treatment for lung cancer. So he's known to the hospital system. He's now coming in for worsening shortness of breath. That could either be due to the mass growing, but in this case, it's due to the new left large pleural effusion, which is found on imaging. Then when you do further analysis of the pleural fluid, it shows that the pleural fluid protein to serum protein ratio is greater than 0.5. In the question, it's 0.7. So this now satisfies LIGHT's criteria. So given all of these key findings, the best option here is going to be exudative pleural effusion, answer choice B because this is primarily due to the pleural fluid protein to serum protein ratio being greater than 0.5, which is one of the key criteria for exudative effusion. Awesome. Thanks, Swathi. So 
The other thing uh, I'll comment on your excellent analysis of the STEM is that the other thing is that cancer patients in general can have are hypercoagulable, so they can get PEs as well. So that's another thing to kind of keep on your differential when you're, you know, see a patient with cancer coming in with shortness of breath. But the kind of, the question STEM as we keep reading obviously leads us to pleural fusion. Yeah. So if they want you to go down the route of PE, they'll say words like sharp, stabbing pain, or worse with inspiration. That'll be another clue that that's the differential that they want you to head towards. So what is a pleural fusion? Uh, just kind of running through some of these concepts. It's a buildup of fluid in the pleural space. And you remember, here's a diagram here, those of you watching the video, where we have the lungs, and then you have this kind of enveloping you know, double layer membrane called the pleura, which you have the visceral pleura, which goes around the viscera or the organ itself or the lung in this case. Then you have the parietal pleura, which goes around, and then you have the space in between. Now there's a little bit of fluid in there always, but when you get a significant amount of fluid, like we show in the diagram here, that's what's called a pleural effusion. So it's essentially just a buildup of fluid in the pleural space. And this is the result of pathology impacting Starling's forces. So either hydrostatic pressure or oncotic pressure. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. It has a variety of causes. So infection, inflammation, heart failure, liver failure, malignancy, and the list even goes on and on. As far as the presentation goes, it's similar to what our patient has. You have shortness of breath. They can also have a cough. On exam, you can see dullness to percussion or decreased breath sounds like we saw on our patient. But again, the, the best way you're going to confirm this is actually on imaging. So you get a chest x-ray. Usually, you can, if it's large enough, usually you can see it pretty easily. Sometimes if they're very small, you, it's kind of harder to see them on an x-ray. CT scan is definitely going to be your, your main way to officially diagnose these or definitively. Then you'll do a pleural fluid analysis like they did for our patient. And that's by using a thoracentesis, which like I said, is where you stick a needle in the pleural space and drain some fluid out. And again, you'll look at these analyses, which is, you know, pleural fluid protein to serum protein ratio, pleural fluid lactate dehydrogenase to serum LDH ratio. And then you'll look at the pleural fluid LDH concentration as well. And we'll get more into that in a second. So the way you treat it is you can just treat the underlying pathology, and then sometimes it just goes away on its own. Uh, an example is that if, if a patient comes in with you know significant heart failure, and you can just give them diuretics, take some fluid off, sometimes the effusion the will just resolve on its own, or you can do a thoracentesis. So a thoracentesis can be diagnostic and also therapeutic as well. And then if it's really bad, you can put a chest tube in as well and drain the fluid out that way. So a transidative effusion is composed of an ultrafiltrate of the plasma due to either increased hydrostatic pressure or decreased oncotic pressure. And so some common causes here, are congestive heart failure, liver failure, and nephrotic syndrome. And the other thing I'll mention here is that this fluid, when you take it out, usually appears very clear because it's essentially pushing excess fluid out of the capillaries. So for hydrostatic pressure, that's pressure that pushes on against the walls of the capillary. And so if it's extra high, it'll push fluid like the arrows are showing in the diagram here out into the interstitial space versus oncotic pressure. So in normal, you'll have these different proteins like albumin and other proteins in here that give it the oncotic pressure, which affects, you know, osmosis, you know, which is regulates the movement of water. So if you lose a lot of protein, such as in syndromes like liver failure, nephrotic syndrome, where you're losing proteins in the urine, you'll actually have lower protein. And so as a result of that, you'll have osmosis where you move water to balance that out. So you'll actually move water out of the capillaries and into the interstitial space to balance out the osmotic gradient. Then you have an exudative effusion, which is where you see fluid predominantly composed of proteins and cells. So this results from increased capillary permeability 
caused by acute inflammation. So in the diagram here, we kind of show a capillary, you have some inflammation. And as you can see, we've widened out those spaces between the capillaries. And so as a result of that, then you have a mass movement of fluid out of the capillary space and into the interstitial space. And so some common causes of this are things that would cause acute inflammation. So pneumonia, tuberculosis, a pulmonary infarction due to a PE, pulmonary embolism, malignancy definitely can do this, inflammatory diseases like lupus. And so this fluid is actually going to be much more cloudy because in the way you can remember that is it's composed of proteins and cells. It's not clear fluid like we saw with the transitative effusion. So if we come to lights criteria, the pleural fluid is most likely exudative if the pleural fluid is found to satisfy at least one of the following three criteria. So if the pleural fluid analysis shows that it meets any one of these three, it's considered exudative. If it doesn't meet any of these, then it's transitative. You look at the pleural fluid protein to serum protein ratio, if it's greater than 0.5, if it satisfies that like it does in our patient, it's an exudate. If it doesn't meet that, but then you look at the LDH or lactate dehydrogenase pleural fluid concentration versus the serum LDH concentration, and that's greater than 0.6, then that would satisfy to be an exudate or satisfies like criteria. And then if those neither of those satisfy, but you look at the pleural fluid LDH concentration and compare it to the upper limit of normal serum LDH, which is approximately 300. So two thirds of that would be 200. So if it's greater than 200, then you have satisfied lights criteria. And again, if you don't satisfy any of these, then it's more likely to be a transidate. Lastly, just a couple of the other answer choices. Chylothorax is a fusion composed of lymph. So a common cause of that is damage to the thoracic duct or an obstructing mass. So the thoracic duct comes up, it comes from the cisterna chile in the abdomen, and then it ascends up the vertebral column, comes up into the chest and joins at the junction of the left internal jugular vein and the left subclavian vein. So you can have damage to this. This often will happen in different thoracic surgeries. Uh, it's very common. Uh, you can actually have a mass that actually obstructs it and so blocks it off as well. This is going to be much more turbid or milky appearance because it's essentially spilling lymph fluid into the pleural space. It's composed of chylomicrons. And then the pleural fluid analysis is going to show a significant triglyceride level of greater than 110 milligrams per deciliter. Hemothorax is how it sounds. It's an accumulation of blood in the pleural space. So you have these intercostal vessels that go just below the ribs. Common causes, as you can imagine, are chest trauma or damage to intercostal vessels during surgery. These patients can present with signs of hypotension or shock. So because it can have significant bleeding, a diagnosis can be seen on chest x-ray, CT, or pleural fluid analysis. The pleural fluid hematocrit, which is the measure of the hemoglobin, that is 50% of serum hematocrit. It's kind of points you towards thinking this is a hemothorax treatment. You do supportive therapy. So like IV fluids, you know, making sure you control the hemorrhage, then you can do a thoracentesis or a chest tube if needed. And then in significant cases, you can actually go in surgically and fix this, or you can contact the folks in interventional radiology. And we're happy to do an embolization endovascular relief for this, which is pretty cool. We thread a catheter in under image guidance and deploy some material to essentially block up these vessels and prevent any further bleeding. So I'll turn it back over to Swathi to go over the answer choices for us. So given all of that information, we can break down each answer choice and see why the other option choices were not so great here. So starting with option choice A, which is transudative pleural effusion. So like we discussed earlier, transudative pleural effusions are usually caused by an increased hydrostatic pressure. So that means more water is coming out 
or a decreased oncotic pressure, meaning there's not enough protein. So when that happens, this now increases the fluid to go out into the pleural space. And like we were talking about earlier, the common causes for this are low protein states or high fluid states, such as CHF, liver failure, glomerulonephritis. And also the question stem says that the pleural protein ratio to serum protein ratio is 0.7. So this already satisfies one of the LICE criteria, so cannot be transudative. So the next answer choice that we have is option choice B, exudative pleural effusion, which we have learned is caused by increased capillary permeability due to acute inflammation. The inflammation causes the capillary cells to separate, and then the fluid can move out into the pleural space. So the fluid that's moving out is consisting both of the fluid and proteins. So common causes here would be things that cause any type of inflammation, such as infection, malignancy, which is the case with our question stem here, this patient has lung cancer, or any other inflammatory diseases. And we've also already satisfied one of LIGHT's criteria with the demonstration of pleural fluid protein ratio to serum protein being greater than 0.5. In this case, it's 0.7. The next option choice that we have is C, chylothorax. Now, chylothorax is due to damage or obstruction to the thoracic duct. In this scenario, the lymph will build up into the pleural space and the pleural fluid will have increased triglyceride levels and will show a cloudy color. The last option choice is option choice D, which is hemothorax. And this is usually caused by trauma or surgery resulting in accumulation of blood within the pleural space. And here, the pleural fluid analysis will show a hematocrit that is at least 50% of the serum hematocrit. So given everything that we've learned and covered, the best answer choice in this question stem would be option choice B, exudative pleural effusion, because this patient now has cancer and is coming in with a new onset pleural effusion. The LIGHTS criteria has been satisfied with the pleural protein to serum protein ratio. Option choice B is the best choice. Awesome. Thank you for that analysis, Swathi. Yeah, no, I think she covered all the, the main points here. I think just, uh, you know, kind of systematically going through the presentation, I think you had pointed out earlier that, you know, when someone comes in with cancer, that's kind of triggering you to think about an exudative effusion right off the bat, and then kind of walking through the, the making sure it satisfies the likes criteria for sure. So awesome, everybody. Well, thank you uh, again, and make sure you tune in next time for our next case. Thank you so much for having me, Max. Sure. No, it was a pleasure.